0: This week on Hometown Ghost Stories, New Zealand's capital city is rife with unusual natural energy, and many of its buildings are haunted by the ghosts of those who lived and died there. However, one infamous haunting is particularly nefarious. The ghost of the woman with the screaming face has been terrorizing the people of Wellington for decades. This is Hometown Ghost Stories. The Ghost of the Screaming Woman, Wellington, New
1: Zealand. Hometown Ghost Stories contains serious and often distressing events and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Wellington, New Zealand, 1989
0: It was a typical morning in Wellington. The sun hadn't risen yet, but the black night sky had begun to break into the dismal dark grey of the rainy pre-dawn morning. Raindrops pelted the glass of the bedroom window as Peter lay half awake, waiting for his alarm to go off. This was normal, waking up before his alarm. It was annoying, because it was never enough time to go back to sleep, but he would keep his eyes shut out of principle, as if getting out of bed before the alarm were some sort of concession. It was silly, but nevertheless, there he remained, under the covers, with his eyes shut. His wife Fran wasn't in bed. She must have gotten up already. This was confirmed by the sound of the coffee maker gurgling and popping from the kitchen accompanied by the aroma of freshly brewed coffee that was just now coercing him out of his state of fake slumber. Peter let out a long sigh and kicked the blankets off. He opened his eyes and uttered a startled gasp. At the foot of the bed stood a woman he didn't recognize. Right away he realized something was off, and not just the fact that there was a strange woman standing in his room. She didn't seem to be touching the ground. She glared at him with an accusatory look and her face was that of a screaming woman, but no sound came from her mouth that gaped open unnaturally wide. Peter was too terrified to move. Just then, the woman began gliding backwards and disappeared into the wall. Peter just sat there in disbelief. What had he just seen? He understood that after waking up, your eyes can play tricks on you as your mind adjusts from being in a state of unconsciousness but he hadn't been asleep, just lying with his eyes shut. He climbed out of bed and again was startled. He let out another gasp as his alarm went off. He was clearly on edge after the terrifying encounter. The bedroom door swung open and Fran walked in, holding Peter's favorite Lord of the Rings coffee mug with steam from the brew billowing up over the ceramic picture of Tolkien's misty mountains on its face. ''What's wrong?'' she asked clearly noticing his apparent state of distress. I think I've just seen a ghost, he said, before he could stop himself. He cringed internally and awaited her snide remark, but it never came. Instead, she turned pale and asked, was it the woman with the screaming face? I'm Dave Wilkins, and this is Hometown Ghost Stories, Wellington, New Zealand. New Zealand is an island country in the southwestern Pacific Ocean. It consists of two main landmasses, the North Island and the South Island. There are also over 700 smaller islands. Wellington was declared a city in 1840 and was chosen to be the capital city of New Zealand in 1865. Located on the southwestern tip of the northern island, the city replaced Auckland as the nation's capital back when the country's population was just 4,900. In 1848, Wellington suffered serious damage from a series of earthquakes, and then again in 1855 from a major earthquake on the Wairarapa Fault. This was probably the most powerful earthquake in recorded New Zealand history, with an estimated magnitude of at least 8.2 on the moment magnitude scale. It caused vertical movements of 2 to 3 meters over a large area, including raising land out of the harbor and turning it into a tidal swamp. Much of this land was subsequently reclaimed and is now part of the Central Business District. The Northern Islands continued to be rocked by smaller earthquakes throughout the 19th and 20th centuries and Wellington again saw damage during the 1942 earthquakes. Every five years, a year-long slow quake occurs beneath Wellington, stretching from Kaipiti to the Marlborough Sounds. It was first measured in 2003 and reappeared in 2008 and 2013. It releases as much energy as a magnitude 7 quake, but as it happens slowly, there's no damage. Despite the lack of physical damage, some paranormal researchers believe that the massive amounts of energy released during these events may be a contributing factor to the large amount of paranormal occurrences throughout the city, and therefore making Wellington one of the most haunted cities in New Zealand. The Cambridge Hotel Cambridge Terrace site of some of Wellington's landmark buildings, was once a stream. Before a massive earthquake changed the landscape in 1855, flat-bottomed boats used to make their way from the harbor along what are now Cambridge and Kent Terraces to a shallow lagoon, which later became the Basin Reserve. The Cambridge Hotel on the corner of Alpha Street on Cambridge Terrace has long been a feature of the street, For years, it teetered on the edge of disrepair until it was fully refurbished and restored to its original beauty. Built in 1883, the hotel has seen its fair share of guests, common and famous. Queen Elizabeth II once famously stayed there during her 1963 royal tour. But of course, in addition to the many living guests who have stayed there, the hotel also has its fair share of ghosts who stay there as well, only their stays aren't as temporary. Guests to the hotel have encountered a strange presence while sleeping in their hotel beds. It's been described as an unexplainable pressure on the bed while trying to sleep, as if someone or something else climbed onto the bed, except there's never anyone else there. Other people have claimed to see a man in a black suit soundlessly ascending the hotel stairs, only to disappear once he reaches the top. Hotel guests have also complained of feeling uneasy at the top of the stairs, as if they are about to be pushed. The St. James Theatre It was the late 1990s. Erin worked as a stagehand at the St. James Theatre in Wellington, New Zealand. Erin was cleaning out one of the dressing rooms after a play had wrapped up. She was reorganizing a clothing rack when she heard the sound of a woman wailing from the stage. She brushed it off as probably one of her co-workers trying to scare her and decided not to be gullible. She grabbed a few items from the rack and turned around, only to drop them on the floor when she saw the screaming pale face of a woman coming towards her. Her mouth was open unnaturally wide as she glided across the floor, a croaking sound coming from her throat. Erin began backpedaling but lost her balance, landing hard on the floor. The woman immediately began to descend onto Erin, who closed her eyes and began screaming. Preparing for some sort of terrible fate, Erin braced herself, but nothing happened. She heard the voices of two of her male co-workers enter the room. They asked her what happened, and she explained it to them, but couldn't meet their judging eyes. She went home unsettled. The following weekend, Erin had another shift after another play. She kept to herself mostly noticing people looking at her sideways and whispering as she passed. She ignored them. As usual, she found herself in the dressing room, cleaning up, when again, she heard the wailing coming from the stage. This time, she knew it wasn't someone messing with her. She ran and hid in the closet, crouching down, hugging her knees to her chest. Suddenly, she felt the presence of the woman in the room, The air felt heavy, and she could feel the anger radiating throughout the room from her hiding spot in the closet. It felt unnaturally cold. Then she felt the energy shift back to normal. She assumed the woman was gone. She got up, bolted out of the closet and out of the dressing room. She was heading for the exit when she heard the wailing behind her. Refusing to turn around, she began sprinting for the door. She began to ascend the stairs when she dared to look behind her nothing. She turned back to face the door, and there, right in front of her, was the same screaming face. She stumbled back and went to grab the railing, but missed. She grabbed a handful of thin air and fell back down the stairs. Right before impact, she felt something push her from behind. It wasn't enough to stop her from hitting her head, but it was enough to prevent serious injury. Erin lay there on the ground. Whatever had pushed her wasn't there, and neither was the screaming woman. Her co-workers rushed in and found her on the floor, and took her to the hospital. She never returned to the St. James Theatre again. The St. James has had a long history, with its success in its early years, a near demolition in the 1980s, and its return to the city's cultural light in the late 1990s. The theatre was officially opened 8pm on Boxing Day, 1912. During the new theater's first months, it was used primarily to play silent movies. The St. James was changed nine months later to present live performances. However, in 1930, after 17 years, it was again converted back to playing both movies and occasional live performances. After decades of success, the St. James Theater fell into a state of disrepair in the 1970s and effectively closed its doors. The theater was nearly demolished in the 1980s and 90s after the owners placed a deconstruction order on the plot. However, Due to the efforts of an objecting group, the St. James was eventually spared and restored to its former glory. The alarm had been risen after photographer Grant Sheehan was told by the theater's curator that the St. James was sent to be demolished by the Chase Corporation. For nearly a decade, a wrecking ball sat poised above the theater, but it was never used after the owners were finally persuaded to save the property. The theater is once again fully functional, but some of the events in the building's history have led many to believe... That it's haunted. The most common and famous ghost of the theater is the ghost of Yuri. Yuri is the spirit of a Russian performer who fell to his death from the theater flies. He was killed instantly. However, there are rumors that Yuri was actually pushed by a female Russian performer named Pasha. Either way, Yuri is a friendly ghost who likes to play with the lights. He's known for turning the lights back on when cleaners just turn them off. Yuri also saved the life of a stage projectionist twice. On one occasion, all the lights in the auditorium were off, so the man was navigating in the dark, looking for a switch. Suddenly, he was shoved backwards by some unseen force. He managed to find the switch and turn it on. When light filled the auditorium, he not only noticed that the unseen force wasn't just unseen because it was dark, it was unseen because it wasn't there. He also noticed that had he not been pushed, he would have fallen directly into the orchestra pit and suffered serious injury or possibly even death. The projectionist was convinced the unseen force was the ghost of Yuri. On another occasion, the same projectionist was standing on the stage with his infant son in his arm. Suddenly, he heard a loud crack up above his head. He looked up just in time to see a large beam which had become dislodged hurling down from the ceiling towards him. He didn't have time to react, but he was shoved last second, again by an unseen force. The beam just missed him, crashing down onto the stage where he had just been standing. The even stranger part was that his infant son, whom the man had been holding, was carried slowly through the air for about 10 feet before gently being placed down. Both the man and his baby were completely unharmed, and the man also attributes this miracle to the ghost of Yuri, the Russian performer. The other major haunting at the St. James Theater is the ghost of the woman with the screaming face, or otherwise known as the wailing woman. Unlike the friendly ghost of Yuri, this ghost is not known to be friendly. She has been spotted throughout the theater wailing and moaning, but she apparently isn't bound to the building, as she's also been seen in the surrounding buildings, including restaurants and apartments. According to the story, she had been a successful actress in her 20s and 30s but her career took a downward turn in her 40s. She had a rough decade, but she had gotten herself together when she turned 50 and planned to make a big splash for her returning performance at the St. James Theatre. Unfortunately, it didn't go as planned, and she was booed off stage. Devastated, she stormed off and committed suicide by slitting her own wrists. Some say she did it at her house, and others say she did it in her dressing room at the theater. Now she haunts the St. James and seems to torment actresses and female performers. Many strange things that have happened at the theater have been blamed on the screaming woman. Several actresses claim they had been chased by the ghost. Many have sprained ankles running from her, others have fallen from ladders, while some have come down with unexplainable sore throats and sudden illnesses affecting their performances. It's believed that the ghost of the screaming woman is haunting them, trying to get them booed off stage just as she was. In 2009, filmmaker Sir Peter Jackson, famous for the Lord of the Rings trilogy, told a story at the London premiere of his 2009 film The Lovely Bones. He was asked about his thoughts on the human soul as it pertains to the plot of his new movie. He said he didn't know what a real soul was, but that he had seen a ghost once. He explained that twenty years prior, In 1989, he had been living in his apartment in Wellington, New Zealand with his wife Fran, and he woke up one morning to see the ghost of a woman at the foot of his bed with a screaming face. She looked at him accusingly before gliding backwards, disappearing into the wall. He told his wife about it, and she responded by telling him that she too had seen the same woman two years prior. The theater is also said to be haunted by the ghost of American actor Stan Andrews most famously known for his role as the voice of Daddy Warbucks on the radio program Little Orphan Annie. He passed away in 1969. People say they can hear him wheezing in the backstage corridors. There's also the ghost of a tall, thin man in his 30s. He has been seen frequently as well. But perhaps the most impressive paranormal phenomena at the theater is that of the entire boys' choir... The choir had its final performance at the St. James Theatre during World War II before setting off on a tour by boat. The boat never reached its destination, and the boys were never found. The staff hears them singing in the auditorium, but when they try to find the source of the sound, it moves to another location. The haunted buildings in the historic city of Wellington include the St. James Theatre, the Cambridge Hotel, and several others, all with unique stories of their own and all haunted by the ghosts of those who lived and died there throughout history. And collectively, along with the massive amounts of natural energy surging through this city, all make Wellington one of New Zealand's most haunted. Ladies and gentlemen welcome into hometown ghost stories episode number 97 we're covering wellington new zealand today i'm jesse wilkins
1: i am joined by rob coakley hello rob you know if i pass away anytime soon and i've said that i want you guys to continue the show that doesn't mean that i'm not going to come back as a vengeful spirit and just scream in your face the entire time you try to do said show i expect nothing less
0: from you robert i for one like getting screamed at in the face and here is our resident guy who screams in people's faces the one and only cyclone dick dave <laughs> <laughs> what's up I, this is a nickname that i wasn't hoping sticks <laughs> here we are <laughs> here we are uh we'll, we'll just go with whiskey dave good old whiskey dave is here and he has brought us a whole lot of hauntings from yet another place called saint james so like last week we had saint james this week we have more saint james but this one is a theater and it is not even in the same country so completely different but uh first time going to new zealand i would say i would say so as well and the reason that i did this episode is because of the saint james one last week i was trying to do research on the saint james hotel in where is was it new mexico and mm-hmm. uh I just started listening to this podcast about the haunted St. James and I'm like halfway through it. I'm like, this is not the same place, <laughs> but I like the story. So I'm going to cover it. I did the same thing. Cause there was also another haunted St. James hotel. It's just in a, a different state. So we'll
1: have to, um, am I obligated we'll have to, to cover out. something with St. James next week? Is that something mm-hmm. I have to do?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: September <laughs> is St. James month.
0: So that's why we're doing this. This was a fun episode to put together. And fun one to research because there's a lot of interesting stuff here. The St. James Theater is absolutely packed with hauntings. There's so many ghost stories attached to this place that it was hard not to just do an entire thing on just the ghost stories and not talk about history at all. So, uh, I
1: but didn't the history talk- is crazy too. Like this, the stuff you were saying, I was like, this is bonkers. Like yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, it this- really is. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, this is when I think of haunted theaters. This kind of hits on everything you think of for the most part. There's some mystery and intrigue with one of the ghosts. There's a performer that was booed off stage that is haunting the, the current act actors and actresses. And then there's this whole situation of the history of it with a crane, with a wrecking ball just sitting over it for an entire decade. I can't actually wait to dive into this because there's a, there's so much to unpack on this one particular theater it's pretty exciting.
0: Yeah, there were some ownership disputes with that theater uh in the earlier years that when it was open it was it was used then it closed for a little while and once it closed the property went under agreement to be sold to this this uh development company and they wanted to knock it down but the historical committee was fighting them on it so the <laughs> the company just parked that wrecking ball I think as like an attempt to strong arm or to persuade coerce whatever and it ended up not working obviously because the theater's back in function now but there was some pretty there was some pretty uh brutal back and forth between that company and the historical committee i want to yeah. talk about the about wellington and these earthquakes because apparently new zealand is earthquake city <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the country of earthquakes it's, it's really weird so it straddles the pacific and australian tectonic plates and this is actually pertinent to, I think, the hauntings. This is, I think, my theory. But I drew the connection, and I think it makes a lot of sense. So these plates are always colliding and just causing like all sorts of earthquakes. There's like 20,000 earthquakes recorded each year in and around New Zealand, but only 250 of them are felt. Only 250
1: only. <laughs> say, are
0: only. felt. So the the New England building regulations are super strange because of this. All the, the new buildings have to be reinforced with lead and rubber bearings and these lead dampers and stuff that'll basically like ab- absorb the shock when the buildings shake so they don't just crumble and fall down every time there's an earthquake every 25 minutes. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of interesting to throw in there. But there's that one detail that every five years, the earth basically shakes the, the ground in Wellington for a year, but it's not a violent shake. You don't really even feel it, but it just releases the same amount of energy as you would from a magnet. Uh, from a, I forget the term for it, but a, a seven on the magnitude scale there. But you don't feel it all at once. So The Richter really, scale, right? They don't, I don't know if they use the Richter like scale different. out there. It's, it's a different scale. I think it's the about. Magnum scale or something like that. Yeah. But basically it shakes for like, just basically a, a year straight and just releases an absurd amount of energy. So energy, we know, I don't. we don't think it directly causes the hauntings but I think that it can absolutely exacerbate them and cause them to be worse, which is you get this screaming face ghost that doesn't just haunt the theater. It haunts the surrounding buildings and it just basically is manifested so heavily. So the theory behind ghosts and their manifestation is they draw energy in order to manifest. So if there's this much basically ubiquitous energy in that area then that ghost could manifest constantly, which I think is why you get such aggressive hauntings. I think it could definitely have something to do with it. Catherine mentions in chat that uh, New Zealand is literally split on top of two tectonic plates. They shake all the time. Yeah, the Pacific and Australian tectonic plates. And yeah, exactly. It's just crazy amounts of energy. So I I don't think that that is coincidence. I think that those two things could be connected. There are a ton of locations here. I only covered two. There are at least five that I know of, and I think there's a couple others too. But I covered the the Cambridge Hotel and the St. James Theater, as you know. And uh, do we want to go over those first, or do you guys want to talk about some of the other locations that are haunted in the area? I let's, think let's start with the, the Cambridge. Okay. Yeah, so the Cambridge Hotel I thought was pretty interesting. There are a couple of smaller hauntings here that – are experienced by the guests and we talk about hotels all the time they're super haunted because of the amount of energy that's in these buildings people are going in and out all sorts of emotions floating around and we get this ghost of a guy who is seen walking up the stairs and that's creepy they don't really have a backstory behind it but what else kind of correlates with that is the fact that when people stand at the top of the stairs they feel like they're going to fall like they're disoriented or. Even weirder is they f- they have a feeling like they're going to be pushed, which I think those two things could possibly be connected. Maybe the guy in the suit was a guy who fell off the stairway and died, or something, or mm-hmm. or some experienced something there. I don't know. Did we get our first mix up? Did we say New England instead of New Zealand already? Did I? It's gonna I don't happen. Know if you did, or I don't know if I did, or one of us did, but I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Pretty sure one of us did because people keep talking about New England. I'm no geologist, but I heard New England is not even close to New Zealand. <laughs> you would be correct by that. I saw a few people mentioning uh, one New England. Who did, who did it? It was Dave. Geologist. I mean. <laughs> um, geologists study rocks. But um, I lost my train of thought. We were talking about a man on the stairs. There was a man on the stairs. Oh, I was talking about New England and New Zealand slip-ups. Three different times I had to go back and correct this audio because I'm going back and listening to it. I'm like, damn it, I said New England again. (laughs) (laughs) Cannot cannot stop saying New England and New Zealand. In fairness, we live live in New England. It's going to happen at least a few more times in this episode. I typed in the chat before the before the video started that the today's drinking game is you have to drink every time I say, New England is of in New Zealand. Well,
1: everybody is hammered now. Because I think it's going to be 25 times in the last <laughs> 60 seconds. So everyone is now drunk.
0: Yes. Papa Squatch has this historical fact for us. He says it's called New Zealand because old Zealand was destroyed in one of the <laughs> 8.7 billion earthquakes. Uh, I believe it. I'm not even going to fact check that, but the, uh, other, haunting at the Cambridge Hotel is the feeling of pressure on the bed. This isn't the first time I've heard of a haunting like this. They they've described it. Some people have described it as it's almost feels like a cat jumping up onto the bed while they're asleep. But then when they look, there's nothing there. Other people have described it as it feels like somebody sits on the edge of the bed. But then when they look, there's nobody there. And then I've
1: had that happen before that exact haunting i've had that the night that me and jesse both experienced the thing in marshfield the thing that i felt was somebody sit on the edge of the bed and i felt the entire bed sink in and it was just insanely terrifying i I think i've talked about it on the show before but i was just laying there i felt like something came in the room and then i felt something sit on the bed it didn't feel like a cat it felt like a person where they would sit on the edge, keep their legs on the ground. It was it was unlike anything else I've ever experienced in terms of that. It was it was terrifying. It's a
0: it's an interesting haunt to happen because so many hauntings are people describe it as like a feeling. Like I got a feeling of like a random emotion. I felt sad for, for some reason, or I just something doesn't feel right. And those are kind of harder stories to tell because most people we'll write that off as nothing, but to experience somebody sitting on the edge of your bed, that is basically tangible. You feel it happen. You can't hold it in your hands, tangible, but you can feel it happening. And then you look and there's no one there. I don't know how else to explain something like that.
1: But it's also not in your bed. You're in a hotel. So when it happened at my, at my house, at least I'm in my bed. I don't know if that makes it better or worse because you're going back to that bed. Whereas a hotel, you could be like, well, I guess I'll just never go back and deal with that ever again. But not being in your own bed probably makes it 10 or 20 times more terrifying. Cause your first thought is going to be who the hell is in my room. Mm-hmm. What is coming? What is happening right now? It's more terrifying until you realize it's a ghost. Then you don't want that to be your bed in your house. We've so one thing I never really heard much of, and this is like a little sidebar is cat hauntings and we've encountered a lot of cat, cat hauntings over the past like six months to a year based on places we've gone and investigated and other stories we've heard so i find that very interesting i've heard of like people hearing their dogs and stuff but i was never aware that the cat haunting is so prevalent uh, amongst society yeah one of the main ones was at the shamley
0: hotel they had it actually on camera there was some security footage and it did look like a cat walking with like his tail pointed straight up it was kind of walk around a corner they had seen it on the bed and they and we had even heard it while we were doing the tour of it we heard what sounded like a cat purring i and- remember that it yeah. was pretty cool and then i think at the sk pierce uh pierce mansion they had mentioned that there was a ghostly cat as well so
1: yep. it is
0: a pretty common thing but again before we really got into the field and really started visiting these locations i had never really heard about ghost ghostly cats i had figured that there's ghostly animals and i've definitely heard of um the ghosts of dogs visiting their family again but once we started doing the show it just took off we have we had 10 foot by 10 foot Demon cats. Demon cat. I mean, we <laughs> we cats. multiple locations with cats. We had ghost horses in Gettysburg and other places.
1: We had a whole, yeah. a whole
0: at um, Borley rectory. We had a whole ghost horse and buggy situation with headless drivers. Right. it's so all sorts of stuff. When you, th- when you think about the possibility of there being ghost animals, it really kind of ramps up the possibility of how many ghost spirits could be walking among us. If, Animals can also be spirits. I wonder how far down the food chain, like hauntings go, right? If you can get a cat or a dog or something, but like how far down you get like a ghost of a worm.
1: Well, think think about feeling like you've, you've gone out before and you felt like you felt insects crawling on you, but there's actually nothing there okay <laughs> like right imagine if that's like how far down it goes
0: could be ghost worms ghost imagine worms. imagine how disappointing it would be to be a ghost or a ghost worm first of all second of all imagine having to draw energy from something so like whether you're pulling energy from uh someone's cell phone that's close to you just to manifest your worm haunt <laughs> and it's just you slowly crawling through a pile of leaves for 10 seconds and that's it. Now you got to, you got to muster up that energy for another year.
1: Yeah. Your your residual haunting is crawling onto the pavement and burning to death every single day. I think the most disappointing
0: (laughs) part about being a worm ghost would be the fact that you're, you're not a worm just in life
1: and you, you die and you're a worm forever.
0: No reincarnation. You're just coming back to get run over by a car again in the driveway.
1: <laughs> you get cut in half and now you're two ghost worms. All right. That's <laughs> <laughs> the worst. Um, that's, what, that's what hell actually is, guys. If you're wondering, you just come back
0: as a worm ghost. I think in order to be a ghost and to haunt, you have to have a soul. But we don't make the rules. So who knows? Who knows? That was pretty much it for the Cambridge Hotel. As far as hauntings go, it was kind of a smaller location, which is fine because it fits in perfect with the much bigger location that we covered, Mm -hmm. the St. James Theatre. So the the St. James Theatre was built on Boxing Day. Do either of you guys know what Boxing Day is? I do. Did you have to look it up? Of course I know what Boxing Day is. Figured it out while we were researching this episode. But before today, before yeah. I started doing all of my week-long investigation for this episode, I did not. I thought it had something to do with like maybe the boxing season kicks off. But I thought it, that's what I thought. I was like, oh, that must be like fight night uh, or something. you in, guys, you guys are idiots.
1: You guys are so stupid. But tell the audience that doesn't know there's what no, boxing. There's Day no
0: way what it is. that Rob knows what Boxing Day is without googling. Tell us right now.
1: I just want Dave to a us us. Our, our specific answer. Close
0: your eyes and tell
1: us. Um, I don't need to. And then tell me how a <laughs> it's, it's actually when you box up an entire thing of ghost worms <laughs> and go fishing with the. Damn, ghost he did know. I bet you Googled it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I had to Google it because I didn't know what it was. There's a reason that we don't know what it is because it's not, it's a holiday not celebrated in America. And the reason it's not celebrated in America, well, what it is, is it's the day after Christmas and it was established in England in the 18th or 19th century, after the wealthy people would get all of their gifts, they would box some of them up and give them, donate them to the poor people, which is a pretty cool tradition. But it was established after we seceded, and that's why we don't celebrate it here in America, and they celebrate it pretty much everywhere else in the Westernized world. Yeah, uh, I think a lot of times it was like employers would. Box up different things for their employees as well. It wasn't just like people giving charity to the poor. It was also kind of just a nice thing to do for your employees. So, yeah. So that's when the hotel. Sounds opened. like I should just call it Boring to... Day. Wouldn't know. it be more exciting to give someone a box of ghost worms? I think it would be
1: endlessly <laughs> more exciting.
0: <laughs> Kick this off in America, but with some <laughs> modernizations. Unless yeah. you give it to somebody who doesn't believe in ghosts, then it's just a box of nothing and they don't believe you. Just, just cheaped out
1: <laughs> no it's still ghost worms but they 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 try to find all the different ways why it's not ghost that are the worst ways right or we just give those people a literal box of dead worms <laughs>
0: <laughs> next time believe in ghosts it's more fun rob yeah. would just take that box of worms and go fishing with it and that's what rob would do oh he loves that, you know that. You think? Worm, worm soup <laughs> He loves it. But we started off the St. James haunting stories with my intro story. And this confused the chat a little bit because they're like, what the hell are we talking about? Lord of the Rings for. And if you didn't put all that together by the end of the episode, it was because that story was starring Peter Jackson himself, who actually did tell this ghost story at the at an interview when his 2009 movie, The Lovely Bones, came out. And I thought it was a particularly creepy movie and movie. I mean, it was a creepy movie, but that's not what I'm talking about. It was a comp- particularly scary story. In the the part that I thought was what really got me, it made me actually go like "ooh" out loud. Was when he didn't want to tell his wife, or I think it was his girlfriend at the time, but when she came in, she said, "Oh, you look like you've seen a ghost," and he's like, uh, "I think I did see a ghost," and then didn't kicked himself for saying that because ready to ready to get uh, made fun of. And she's like, "Was it the woman with the screaming face?" Like I got chills because she called it. That means she had seen it before, like that specific ghost. Now, on the other side of that coin, apparently that story is obviously very well-known in that area, that haunting about the woman with the screaming face. So, Well, was the story that she had seen this ghost, or was she just knowledgeable of the ghost as well? She said she had seen the same ghost in the apartment two years prior. Oh, yeah, I did know that, that, little, that little nugget. But yeah, that's what your opening story referred to, and that's why... We- talked about it later but that's another case of a reputable figure a celebrity who is not afraid to talk about their paranormal encounter exactly and we've talked about this before like people with big platforms or you know are famous they have more to risk by telling ghost stories because we as a society tend to ostracize people who tell ghost stories so people with more to lose on that front are less likely to share their ghost stories. So I always find it super interesting when they do, which is why I'm glad Peter Jackson shared his.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a scary one. And I think I probably would have shit myself if she said the the screaming woman. I would have We would have had to leave, probably, right? Like, that's what you have to do. You have to move away at that yeah. point. I know, seriously. Because it was... now it definitely wasn't a dream for her. You're both seeing the same thing.
0: Yeah, like it's one thing if it's a cat ghost, right? But this is a ghost, an angry ghost of a woman with a screaming face, and it's a vengeful spirit. It's a whole bunch of stuff I don't want to live with. Yeah, this one is seriously, seriously scary. And it's also violent. I mean, this thing has attacked that. uh, There there was that other story where it basically just kept coming after this one woman. Right. Right. That was a true story that somebody had shared. Her real name wasn't Erin, but that was a real account. And she was basically attacked by this ghost twice on two different occasions. And she eventually ended up quitting her job and not going back, which lends credence to this story. It gives it credibility. It's you're not going to make up a ghost unless, (laughs) unless you hate your job and you really want to (laughs) quit. You make up a ghost story, but I feel like there are more rational ways to quit your job.
1: Yeah. I think we need to just get into the whole history of this ghost because the story surrounding it is, Really fascinating. And it's something you see in entertainment a lot, even to this day where people are like these big stars or big stars in the area of wherever they were at the time doing theater. And then as they get older, the roles have to change. You can't be the young dancer for 30 years. You can't be the main interest in a love story for that's about 20 year olds when you get to be 40 or 50. So either You have to evolve with your roles, which most of the time means not being top build anymore, being taking a back seat, or you just have to stop doing theater. And a lot of people have trouble with this or they used to anyways, the evolution was more difficult for them. So you see it really well described in this story where she was really big in her 20s and 30s. Her 40s, she was basically non-existent. Sounded like she was having trouble with that transition of taking different roles or different types of roles in whatever theater production she was doing. And then she decided to do this big comeback in the 50s, but it was very much like she was trying to be in her 20s again from the way that I read it. She was trying to go out there and do what she was doing 30 years ago, this big starring role. And you just can't always do it. And she goes out there and she gets booed off stage, which is, you know, somewhere it's something that none of us want to do, right? No one wants to go out there and be ostracized, especially if that's like your lifelong dream, what you've always wanted to do with your life. And she unfortunately takes her own life after that, whether it's in the theater or her own apartment, we're not really sure, but it ended with negative energy and you can kind of understand why we have this screaming vengeful ghost that haunts this theater. Right. Right.
0: It's an interesting observation that she, I think, I think you see this with a lot of actresses and it's a problem for women more than men, because if you look at like men can be actors and they don't really have to worry about the aging thing. They do it for their whole careers. But you notice with women, unless they're like, top tier actresses like Meryl Streep or unless they're in comedy they get aged out that's, that's I think that's part of the reason and you're seeing it with this and it's just I mean it's an unfortunate part of our society I but- do wonder if it was if it was acting or if it was ballet stuff cuz you would imagine that as anyone gets older they can't continue to perform like they were in their early 20s or teens true like you're going to get aged out of gymnastics you're going to get aged out of ballet you're going to get aged out of all sorts of things Yep. You know, it's so you're going to see that man, man or woman. But I mean, it's tough. You know, you never want to see people get booed off stage. So they think no. that this ghost haunts the theater as the, the ghost of the screaming woman. And it wasn't just these couple of encounters, one with Peter Jackson, one with uh, the girl we named Erin. But other dancers and performers have said that this ghost has attacked them. People have fallen downstairs. They've broken ankles. They've come up under sicknesses that they've attributed to this haunting. They've come down with sore throats. And the theory is that they believe this ghost is trying to get the actresses to get booed off stage, basically just a wrathful spirit. Yeah. Try to take others down with her and have them suffer the same fate. I can see that. And I can see how people jump to that conclusion as well. So they're I just saw, trying
1: to ruin stuff. I saw this mentioned in chat earlier, and I was kind of wondering myself, is there any thought that this might be a Banshee? like a it seems like to have some of those characteristics
0: it has the characteristics of a banshee in the sense that it screams and it's a female ghost but it doesn't really fall fall under any of the other categories where it would have been i mean i guess it could have been of celtic descent but they're usually tied to family and they're usually trying to either protect the family member or they're spiteful um, and trying to get somebody to die, so I don't know if I would consider this a banshee, but I could see why it might. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't rule it out because it is a screaming ghost, and that is a characteristic. But it seems like a lot of the characteristics don't match up. But mm-hmm. I also like that it seems
1: the spirit isn't bound to just the theater, as you said. It's it's been seen in some of the neighboring buildings as well, which I found interesting which made me wonder if maybe one of the neighboring buildings was an old apartment of hers, or there was some significance, which would make sense, right? If you Mm -hmm. go back in the day, probably people lived right next to the theater that worked at the theater or, you know, were part of the production staff or whatever for multiple years would. So maybe that's why maybe she had a knowledge of multiple different establishments around this, uh, theater.
0: Yeah, or the other theory is that it it is actually not the ghost of that performer. It could be something older that was there before and haunted Uh the area around the theater and just still haunts there despite the fact there being a theater there. It was a church before, uh, or on that grounds to the church. There's rumors that there might have been with a church sometimes you get a church cemetery so there's rumors that it may have been built on top of a cemetery but i think that's just a rumor i don't think there's anything to substantiate that but there was a church there formerly Mm. so it's it's an old building it to get knocked down originally so you don't really know what happened in the first building the first theater that they had there they knocked it down they rebuilt it almost knocked it down a bunch of times it's definitely got a ton of history anytime you get theaters like this we've talked about them a bunch there's just so much things that have passed through there you've had deaths there confirmed and you know legends of other ones as well could be
1: which is one of the other ghosts we need to get into but before we get into the other ghost of the theater dave the thing that really stood out to me about the history of this theater when you were telling it is we always see these theaters that start out as like play production theaters and then they get transformed into like movie theaters this sort of went reverse this started out as like a movie theater And then became a play production theater and then back to a movie theater.
0: They were doing vaudeville, which is, you you know what vaudeville is. So they were doing that and it kind of went back and forth. It seemed like when the live performances, when they're, when it was failing or when there just wasn't live performances to be had there, they just resorted to showing movie pictures.
1: Yeah. Right. So I, I found that the history of like just that aspect of it interesting, but let's jump into the other ghost that's here.
0: Yeah, real quick, just Pop said, uh, according to the story, she has a screaming face, but the only thing witnesses hear is the gurgling in her throat. That was just one witness account of what they heard during the haunting. This, uh story of Erin, the stagehand who worked there, did actually hear the ghost wailing on the stage before the ghost attacked her. So different people have different accounts of what happened. But the other... So the funny thing about Erin's story is she might have witnessed both hauntings. So there was the... She was attacked by... The screaming face ghost, and oh. she might have been helped by the ghost of Yuri at the end because Yuri's the other major ghost at this at this uh, place, and he seems to be a friendly ghost. And according to that one employee who worked there, he believes that the ghost saved him twice. So, this is the guy who he was a Russian performer that they believe either fell from the from the flies up above, or he was pushed by a fellow performer. And regardless, he is seems to be a very positive spirit and helps people in situations. So when Erin was running from this ghost and she went to fall down the stairs, she felt she was pushed from behind by an unseen force. And while it wasn't forceful enough to break or fall completely, she feels like it would have been a lot worse if she wasn't. So that could have been Yuri trying to save her from the screaming faced ghost, which I thought was interesting also. I think it was. And if it was just this one-off incident, I would say, I don't think so. But you have multiple instances of um, of Yuri being a helpful ghost. See, he saved one guy's life twice and then also saved the baby's life. Right. And th- that was probably the coolest story. Yeah, that would be something, if if we had seen it, would it be an interesting thing to see, it would be a baby just floating gently to the ground. Very helpful. So that was a cool story. I like I like the the friendly ghosts as well as the I guess I, I could say I like the friendly ghosts better than the evil ones, but I like the scary stuff too. But those aren't we the enjoy, only two sorry. We enjoy a scary story, but we I mean, do. We do we, we like the story of someone saving lives much better than one that's attacking people, right? Right. So the other ghosts that haunt the air the theater are the actor Stan Andrews, who he was okay. from Little Orphan Annie radio program way back in the day. And I don't know why he haunts there. I couldn't, because he, I don't think he died in New Zealand and he was not from New Zealand. I assume he must have had some sort of performance at that theater at some point in his life because it would be super random for him to haunt a place where he possibly didn't even know existed. (laughs) So I don't know the story there, but they believe they hear him wheezing in the backstage corridors. So I'm sure this
1: But we've we've talked about this before. Just because you don't pass away somewhere or don't live there or something, it might just be a memorable experience. That theater looks memorable. That was a pretty. It's a pretty cool theater. So uh, maybe it's just something that he remembered. It seems like the surrounding area.
0: Yeah, it seems like the surrounding area is haunted. Even with you, the ghost of the wailing woman, or the screaming woman, or whatever, she haunts a bunch of places in the area. She seems to move around. It leads me to think that maybe her death didn't happen at that theater. She could have lived close by. And maybe that's the reason that her ghost is traveling back and forth and stopping at places in between. Yeah,
1: that's definitely a plausible explanation for that.
0: Yep. So he haunts there. And also this is a, there's the ghost of the really tall man, which is creepy. I didn't get anything else on that other than that. Sometimes people will spot the ghost. it a be very, very tall, thin man in the theater i don't know whether it's a friendly haunting or a malign entity but it sounds pretty scary sounds like slender man yeah maybe because i don't come from a long line of tall people our family is relatively short (laughs) as you might know tall ghosts i find much more scary than small ghosts i don't know why yeah and it's unsettling it's unsettling when they're unnaturally tall or shaped unusually, like Slender Man, right? Any sort of any sort of like exaggeration of the human body is obviously foreign to us, so looks uncomfortable and looks weird. So I could see why that would be more threatening and terrifying than a regular-shaped ghost, I suppose.
1: I'm Didn't... I'm the opposite here because ghost children are smaller. And ghost children, to me, are more terrifying. Are they as terrifying as windows? Bro, we don't have to get into the window <laughs> thing, but that window scared the shit out of me the other night. <laughs> you guys are laughing about it, but it was it was not natural what happened at that investigation the other
0: night. We'll save it for the episode. For those of you YouTube members, you can go back and uh, watch that investigation if you so choose to do so. That footage was tough, man. We got to establish at some of these these haunted locations whether or not there is a strong Wi-Fi signal before we agree to go live for it. But that's a yeah. conversation for another day. I love the hauntings at, at this building. I mean, the obviously, the ghost of Yuri seems to be the fan favorite. The tall one to me is terrifying, but obviously the most concerning one is the one that is attacking people and screaming. And yeah. making noises and the screaming face it seems like the the face everyone that has seen this ghost as far as i know has described it the same exact way where its mouth is open a little bit too wide i mean obviously it's a ghost as well which is unnatural in itself but with the super giant mouth just screaming at you whether you can hear the noise or not it is a terrifying terrifying thing to think
1: of it is this was um this was one of my favorite theater haunts that we've definitely covered so kudos for finding this one accidentally
0: one more thing there that i is worthy of mentioning i mentioned it in the video but the final haunting of this location is the boys choir that performed their final performance at the saint james theater this is during world war ii before setting off uh back on their tour by boat so the boat never reached its destination, and the boys were never found. The staff hears them singing in the auditorium, oh, but man, when they try man. and find the source of the sound, it moves to another location. Oh, there's just so much
1: no at this theater. Yeah, like there's just so much reasons yeah. to not go in there. It's it's terrifying terrifying.
0: <laughs> thought. Terrifying thought. We've gotten plenty of theaters that are he- um, that are haunted, usually by former people that used to perform there—singers, actors, whatever. This is our first entire ghost choir. Yeah. Yes, it is. Got probably going to be the last. I can't imagine that's a common haunting. I would assume I, so. Um, I did some digging. I could not find any story about this boy's choir that disappeared. So it sounds like this one's based in legend. I don't know uh, if you found anything, Dave. I didn't find a news story about it, but it doesn't sound like something that would be made up. It's, but you, you'd think you'd find a record of an entire choir on a boat tour going missing. It mm-hmm. just seems... I don't know well, the, one of the stories that I heard was they had gotten on their boat during World War II and they ended up getting sunk. And I just feel like like you don't just come up with that story, right? So it seems like it's gotta be routed in some sort of history, but there should have been a name of the boat. There should have been a name of whatever battle was going on. Mm-hmm. It
1: should be some sort of maybe the records
0: were destroyed in an earthquake. Do
1: we think still, it was another boys choir that sunk them? Probably just a rival just, boys choir. A rival
0: <laughs> boys. <laughs> <laughs> They singing while they're doing it too I think they're imagine both. getting in the crossfire of that battle and accidentally getting sunk in the battle between the boys choirs and you gotta tell you that's how you go
1: mm.
0: <laughs> It'll be written in the history. they'll sing that songs be... of it for years
1: <laughs> literally
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's rough uh, so yeah also in Wellington we have, we have a couple other locations that we didn't hit on for one we have the how do we pronounce this Esran? Eskern. The college. So Eskrin yeah. College. So this one was built back in 1905. Erskine. 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 Erskine.
1: Yeah, you're forgetting the Damn ass. it.
0: There comes three more one-star reviews. All right. So <laughs> Erskine College in Wellington was built in uh, 1905. As a... That's a massive building to be built on a hill like that. I know it's not uncommon to see they built on hills all the time. It just looks so weird because it's at almost a 45-degree angle at the foundation. It's mm-hmm. just crazy. Yeah, very cool. It's got this like blood red roof. It's got that Gothic architecture. It's it's a very very cool looking building. So, uh, but it is reported to be haunted. So, uh, it was used in Peter Jackson's 1996 horror comedy movie, The Frighteners, which starred Michael J. Fox. And there's plenty of rumors about the place. There's been apparitions that have been witnessed. Voices have been heard. Fleeting shadows are glimpsed. And there have been odd bangs and taps that can be heard. Mediums have spoken of the building being haunted by both children and adults. Uh, some firmly believe that it is haunted by the old Mother Superior. There are also rumors about a mysterious blood stain on the chapel floor that allegedly reappears soon after being removed. Apparently as a reminder of a young girl's untimely passing so sounds like most if not all of the ghost stories here are rooted in legend it was yeah. the scene of you know it was used in horror movies but it is a very very cool looking building which if i were to pass by this my first question would be is this place haunted because it looks yep. like it is it <laughs> that's first sure. check. it definitely yep. does so yeah, uh, chat was asking fun. earlier if this location is on the list you're damn right it is
1: yeah, this, this location, though, I was reading a little more into it earlier today, and basically it's been abandoned for so long that it is like we talked about all the earthquakes. They think that it is a very hazardous building, and any of these earthquakes that come through anytime soon are just going to could just take the whole place down. So it doesn't seem like it's overly safe to be there is a problem. Mm, that wouldn't stop me. <laughs>
0: Allegedly. We allegedly, the rules. We allegedly would not stop me. Please, <laughs> still, please
1: still welcome me into your country. It's on the list. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> New Zealand, surprisingly very haunted. As we were told that we were doing Wellington, there was so many places. I know Dave's going to hit one more place in Wellington real quick. And then I have something in New Zealand that's not quite in Wellington, but I wanted to bring up on this episode.
0: Yeah, so the Hotel Waterloo is one of the other haunted locations that are in Wellington. Some reports from ghosts of strange and spooky goings-on have also been attributed to this hotel. Visitors at the Waterloo and travelers have said that the elevator doors and bathroom doors open by themselves on occasion. So that is one of the reasons they consider this place to be haunted. These sound like they are most likely residual hauntings. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I don't have any more information about them, but it's something that is consistent enough for them to consider the whole hotel to be haunted. One interesting thing that I think is worthy of note, because you have two different kinds of doors opening, is that elevator doors open electronically while bathroom doors do not. So you have two different mechanisms to open these doors. So if it's consistent across both of these types of doors i think that's that could be something that's interesting because what kind of energy would be able to open both that does Mm -hmm. remind me of one more thing i wanted to mention about the saint james theater so i was watching one of the only ghost investigate one of the only ghost investigations i could find online and it was from some show it looked like it was a new zealand based paranormal show and it was very it was good you should go watch it that's what i'll say Mm -hmm. about it but no it wasn't it was corny and it was it was really bad so we're just gonna go i try to be safe about these things but no it was terrible it was it was so corny and overproduced and they're wearing these not like the god helmet
1: <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Look
0: into the god <laughs> helmet you should but they're wearing something so similar it's like these head-mounted cameras but the camera faces their face so they're walking around and they're doing their investigation and it's just like you're just looking at this these people being scared and they did end up catching a really cool picture. But the one thing that had me dying was she gets in the, the elevator and she's like, you know, she's like, Oh, the, the elevator is moving on its own. Clearly, somebody pressed a button for it, right? But if not, maybe, maybe it could be something haunted. But the elevator door opens and she stands there for like 15 seconds and then she starts to walk forward to get into the elevator. And the door, of course, closes because that's what elevators do. <laughs> She's like the uh yeah, the door just closed on me by itself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so she presses the button and the guy, you got the guy on the walkie-talkie instructor, he goes, Okay, now walk forward. Go, 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 go. She walks into the elevator, door closes, and then uh she does the same thing later, like the door opens and like they just do this big dramatic music and they're staring at nothing because literally nothing happened in this elevator scene. And then the, she waited too long and the door closed again. And she goes, I'm locked in the elevator. <laughs> and then they just cut to the next scene as if you're going to forget that they just alluded to someone being stuck in an elevator. They just like he just goes, all right, Brad, now I want you to go up <laughs> to the stage. It's like, wait, do you not have someone stuck in an elevator? Right now? <laughs> Anyways, but it it did have the history and it had some some good interviews and they did catch a really cool picture of uh, what is supposed to be some sort of a floating ghost on what they call, I think it's actually called the, the God level or something along those lines. It's like the third level. I can't remember. I think it might be the God level. Here comes another one star review for forgetting that fact. But the picture was, was cool. It had like a floating ghost. What they did was like the picture had a giant ball of light. So they kind of reduced the light down. And what was left was this silhouette of what really looked like a strong um photo of 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 terrifying apparitions so if you just search saint james theater
1: uh ghost investigation this will be one of the only videos that pops up so i would go check it out i'm just gonna find it and make sure we don't ever reach out to them uh, since they'll never do an investigation with us Now,
0: joe commented worst ghost show ever (laughs) and i i couldn't pull the comment up because I didn't want that image of us three talking about ghosts (laughs) with that worst ghost show ever banner underneath. (laughs) If we didn't have our own thumbnails and YouTube still randomly generated them, that would just happen to be the thumbnail that YouTube would have generated for this video. And they wouldn't be wrong. Anything else on this uh, worst ghost show ever? Oh, Rob, you had another spot you wanted to touch on, right?
1: Yeah, I just wanted to talk about Spirits Bay, which is not in Wellington. It's quite a bit away, but It's really interesting. Obviously it's called spirits Bay and the Bay is considered a sacred place in the local culture. According to a local legend, it is the location where spirits of the dead gather to depart from this world to travel to their ancestral home. Um, And the apparitions that they see is, is claimed to be one of the most haunted locations in New Zealand. According to legend, if visiting the Bay at night, you can observe multiple individual spirits traveling down the beach before disappearing at a single spot. The claims are these spirits ignore any attempts to interact or delay them and are solely focused on their destination. They are believed to be the souls departing the island, as mentioned in the earlier legend. Um, in the nearby Tom Bowling Bay, there is a stream named the Capo Wairo. Why is that? that? i know i know that's another one star (laughs) review it's literally meaning snatching souls this is said to be a reference to demons who try to snatch at the spirits passing that way so i found that story very very interesting where it's like local cultural local lore and it's literally called spirits bay it's just a different story i haven't really heard that story in the little demon aspect at the end is um is a little terrifying that is um some of new zealand which we will definitely be coming back to because way more haunted than i expected it to be although it makes sense but there's a lot of hauntings in new zealand there also will be a, but...
0: there will be a will a will wellington part two because there are two major locations there that we have not covered yet in this yes. episode so we will be going uh, back to
1: one. do you want to get into some five-star reviews yeah All right, so this first one is from Steffa, who is actually the person who put together all our bingo cards. So thank you to her for that. Uh, You guys have built an amazing podcast show and community. Just the the overall quirkiness, brotherly squabbles, and old married couple bickering banter going between the three of you just makes the show. The amount of effort you put into each episode shows how much you love the topics, in parentheses, except Ohio. I think the weekly death threats and the intros are tied as my favorite things. Keep on rolling men five stars. So thank you so much for that review. Uh, The next one is from Jillian's Island titled completely obsessed. I'm totally brand new to podcasts and this one has completely sucked me in. I started listening to various podcasts at the insistence of my older daughter a few weeks ago during the workday and while I'm driving. Once I found this one, I knew immediately I found the perfect one for me. I love the history and all the interesting extras. I find myself both creeped out and laughing my butt off all in one episode. I'm working my way back through every episode and loving every minute of it. Highly recommend for anyone that loves history and spooky stuff. Love it. Um, This one is from Dan Glenn Wang. Titled, Y'all Help the Brother Out. You guys have made my work days much more bearable. I work construction 12 hours a day, six days a week and the days would drag by until I found this podcast. I looked everywhere for a, for a podcast that told stories that, and reviewed them and made it funny, and I couldn't find anything until I came across, y'all. From West Virginia, deep up in the Appalachian Mountains, I've been surrounded by folklore and ghost stories and would love to hear more from the West Virginia area. Thank you guys for making the days go by fast and keeping it interesting. This one is from... S. Volpe, titled Weirdly Weirdly Fabulous. I listened to a few paranormal podcasts, and this came up as a recommended one one day. It's now my favorite. I skip movie reviews, and I'm bringing this up because of one reason. She goes, I'm straight up interested in the stories and their ridiculous banter. If you want banter, go find movie reviews that me and Dave and Jesse disagree on, because that is where you will get the extreme banter. In parentheses, Dave is my favorite. I am not getting Dave sucks tattooed on me. This is this. uh, This has to be a Dave burner account is what I've decided. The mispronunciation of words often has me Googling to see if I am the one who says the words wrong. I am not. Not true. ironically
0: that you're the one reading this because you are definitely (laughs) the one who mispronounces the words. (laughs) It's never happened once. I heard you you pronounce posthumously posthumously once.
1: (laughs) 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 This is after they were done being a human. (laughs) Yeah, this is a ghost show. (laughs) Um, And it hurts a little when they left the H off my city, but I'm in I have been working to get caught up for a month now. I even have my alarm set to get up to hear their show <laughs> at nine on Tuesdays. I get up at four. So this late night, 9 PM stuff is insane for me, but seeing do this live and watching how hard they laugh at themselves is worth it. <laughs> um, we got another one from JM Scott hometown ghost. Love the show. I listen to it constantly. Can't wait for new episodes. Keep up the amazing work. And that is it for the five-star reviews for this week. So,
0: uh, patrons, real quick, VIPs, Allison V, Dakota G, Donnie N, Jeannie R, Jennifer P, Lisa J, Mike, Blake, Mom Pops W, Nick, Robert H, Demon King, and Inspires Gaming. Listen, VIPs, all of you guys uh, get your Hometown Ghost Stories 100th episode t-shirt. There is a message up on the Discord board. So, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen that message yet, reply to us so we can get your... Sizes, everybody like 12 else, 12
1: hours <laughs> really <laughs> soon because
0: we need to get this ordered immediately. So, um, with that being said, everybody else, if you come to the event, the shirts will be first available to them. We do have a very limited amount of these, and then afterwards, whatever's left, we will throw them up for sale on the website. Uh, patrons always get first tips. Uh, for our Warren's words, we have Ambie Rose, Anna C, Kath Q, Chris C, LBPS, founder, next HTGS guest, Cody G, Cyclone Dick, Dave Nile. <laughs> Uh, thank you matthew uh dc have elizabeth young lily jake v janice g marfire papa squatch rachel b sarah cook siobhan not sharon uh steph a of the church of the stephanies stitch kitten sydney b the other rachel b adam simmons al capone al capone's allegedly poorly taxidermied wife alicia e anthony how long can i make this anyways t ashley m i Aye. Said Aye. Like so, Sarah, actually put in parentheses, said like a pirate. So we're going to say it like a pirate every time. Aye. Aye. Right, we have Brandon W. Brennan, the targeted avalanche. We have Captain McSlugs, <laughs> Colby0204, believes Adolph Pat- Peterson was a patsy. We have Crystal Quinn, got Castle, Puggy Bear, imping ain't easy for Cyclone Dick. <laughs> is too good we have joel r kelly costa kiralee j we have mark we have Michaela t mina h mariah m nuthouse queen paul from st louis pork pork sam from nepal solar flare soph hooper tall dave the big spag nasty tiffany h and wayne c also zeno is my homeboy mighty mighty wow we've um we have almost covered two entire patreon pages so this is good we have uh, have six
1: we have 68 patrons right now so if you're thinking about being a patron you can be number 69
0: this list never ceases to throw me for a loop (laughs) (laughs) never ceases to throw me for a loop the winner for today on that would have to be brennan the targeted avalanche that (laughs) that's my my favorite new name so (laughs) a lot of good ones there though so thank you guys for that Anyways, I think that'll that'll do it right, gentlemen. That'll do it for
1: me.